0: So we've been going through the, uh, ba- so what, what is really the basics of the Christian faith and what we believe and, and how we approach that specifically as Methodists, since we are a Methodist church. But we started the whole thing off by saying this, this one statement, the Bible is the word of God and contains everything necessary and sufficient for our salvation. If you believe that, say Amen. We started off the series with that statement about the Bible because everything that Christians believe and everything that we do is supposed to be based off of what the Bible teaches. We don't just make these things up. Um, We base it off of the Word of God, which thankfully is an anchor that holds us in place throughout the centuries when cultures change and languages change and ideas change and philosophies change, but the Word of God stays the same. And it holds us to what is true and what is good, what is unchanging in the nature of God. And so we base everything we believe off of the Bible, and so thus we can also say amen when when, when the Bible teaches that Jesus saves us from our sins, when we have faith, and not because of any good thing that we do. But the Bible also teaches us that faith without good deeds is dead. And it also teaches that Christians practice spiritual disciplines like prayer and fasting and study. We see that example in Jesus Christ in the Bible of how he lived his life. How he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights before he began his ministry. Which is where we get the idea of the Lent season. Where we spend time focusing on God Four. How many days? 40 days. And some of you are getting out your calendars and counting it up and you're like, wait, there's more than 40 days between Ash Wednesday and Easter Sunday. It's because we don't count Sundays as uh, because Sunday is Easter. Every Sunday is Easter. It's a little Easter. But anyway, Christians practice spiritual disciplines. Christians are a witness for Jesus. We talked about that last week. Have you been making a list of people that you could be a witness to? Have you written down some names of different people that you could and began to pray about how could you be a witness to them for Jesus? I hope you will. Today, we learn that the Bible teaches that all people are equal in God's eyes. If you're ready to learn that, say amen. All right. Well, then we'll look to Galatians chapter 3 and verses 26 through 29. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, when we read this, we probably heard that before. We just sang a song that almost used those words, uh, you know, word for word, but if we're not careful, we will miss the revolutionary nature of what the Bible is teaching us here, about how we live. First century world into which Jesus was born was defined by many categories. People were sorted into all of these different categories. Worldly divisions that people used to classify one another, to rank one another about who was important and who was less important and who was not important. The first century into which Jesus was born um, defined people, especially people in Israel, people in Jerusalem, they defined one another as whether they are a Jew or a Gentile. A Jew was a a member, a a descendant of Abraham who worshipped the one true God of the Old Testament Bible. And a Gentile was anyone who was not a Jew. Jews believed that they were special. They believed that God favored them more than all the other peoples of the world. They were descendants of Abraham. And the, the man of promise, going all the way back to Genesis chapter 12 in the Old Testament, God told Abraham, leave your l- homeland, leave your family and go to a new land, a promised land that I will show you. And if you will go on this journey, if you will trust me, then I will bless you. And in Genesis 12, it tells us the nature of that blessing says, I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse those who curse you. And you will have, be a father of a whole nation. There will be so many descendants that come from your line, you won't even be able to count them. There will be more than the stars in the night sky. And the Jews of Jesus' day looked back at that and said, we are the descendants of Abraham. And God blesses people who bless us. And he curses people who curse us. Of all the peoples of the earth, we are chosen by God. We, have a speci- we are specially loved and favored by God. And that feeling that they had is come on down even to our time today. I mean, how many times have you ever heard someone say, don't mess with Israel? You're talking about the modern state. Don't mess with Israel because they're God's people. And the Jews of Jesus' day believed that they were special and everybody else was less than. Of course, like the Romans didn't believe that, the Jews believed that, the Greeks didn't necessarily believe that. Everybody is proud of their own heritage, right? The Romans thought that they were the greatest. The Greeks thought they were the greatest. The Persians thought they were the greatest. The Jews thought they were the greatest. That's how they define themselves. And Paul comes in and says, uh-uh, that's not the way it works. In Christ Jesus, there is no Jew or Gentile. And he says there's also no male or female. Now, many of you probably know that in ancient times, females were thought of as less than. In Jerusalem, in the Jewish culture of the first century, um, somebody asked me this question the other day in the Bible. It's like, well, wh- how did female relate? Well, you know, And they said, well, a, a female in the first century didn't really exist. She didn't have an identity in and of herself. She always had to relate to a male relative. When she was young, she was what her father was. If her father was a Jew, then the girl was a Jew. If he was a Gentile, then she was a Gentile. She got her identity from her father when she was a child. And then when she grew up and became a woman and she got married, she got her identity from her husband. But what if her husband died? She became a widow. Well, then she got her identity from her sons. Whatever they were, she was. She didn't have her own identity. What happened if she didn't have a father or a husband or a son? That was a terrible situation to be in in the first century as a Jew. Because if you were a woman and you didn't have a father, a husband, or a son, you didn't have an identity. That's the way they thought of it. It's the way everybody thought of it. It wasn't right, but that's the way it was. And Paul says, no. In Christ Jesus, there is no more male or female. And there's no more slave or free. Are you telling me that this person that is my slave, that I own, that I can tell them to do whatever I want them to do, they're equal to me? And that's what Paul was saying. In Christ Jesus, there is no slave or free. We are all equal through Christ Jesus. God's word to us through Paul in Galatians 3:28 is there is no longer Jew or Gentile there's no longer slave or free there's no longer male or female you are all all you are all one in Jesus Christ he says you have been united in Jesus Christ in baptism. You have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. It's like he's saying all of those old ways of looking at stuff, we take that off and we throw it away just like we take off our, our dirty clothes at the end of the day working out in the field and getting all sweaty and dirty and muddy. We take that way of living off and we throw it, in the, throw it away and we put on new clean clothes where we're all one and equal. Jesus breaks down all the categories by which humans try to define themselves. The Bible teaches that there is only one thing that defines you. Is Jesus your Lord? This is the clear teaching of God's holy word. But Because people are broken, and we live in a fallen world, and our societies are broken even today, we always have struggled to practice this. We still try to put people into categories. But I believe that Jesus is speaking to the world today, telling people to stop dividing ourselves by the world's categories. Don't define yourselves the way the world does. Don't define yourself that way. Define, and don't try to define other people that way either. Because that is not your identity. Don't define yourself as male and female. We've come a long way, thank God, from the first century. Today, in America at least, um, there's so much more equality. Equality but we still have some work to do. And we need to please move beyond, can we just get past this idea that, 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 that men and women, that one is better than the other. It's just not true. A man can do what a woman can do and a woman can do what a man can do. In my wife's profession as a nurse, Most nurses that she works with are female. (laughs) And occasionally there'll be a a male that is a nurse. Why is that odd? Why is that odd? It should be no separation. And it should be the other way as well. Why have we still not had a, a woman as president of the United States? Perfectly capable. Let us not choose who gets paid more or less or who can do this job or that job based on whether they are male or female. Christ teaches us. In Christ, there is no male or female. He's not saying that there is no such thing as a female and there's no such thing as a male. He's saying that judging people based on that is not what God wants us to do. He does not want us to look up to one sex and look down on another because he loves us all equally. We don't need to divide ourselves by black and white or Hispanic or Asian or Middle Eastern or Native American or any of that. We are all one in Christ. And Christians ought to be the ones who know that the most and not just know it in their head, but actually live it out. We do not need to divide ourselves according to our race, nor do we need to define ourselves. Yes, we can be proud of our heritage, but let us not say that that is our identity because our identity is deeper than that. Why be so shallow as to say that 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 is what defines us. It cannot be. It is not what Christ wants. People are not defined by their sexual attraction or their identity. Whether they feel like a man or a woman or whether they are attracted to someone who is a, a different sex or of the same sex. That is not what defines us. We've got to get past that. Because Christ says that we are all one. We've come a long way, but we started off a long time ago uh, denigrating someone who struggled with same sex attraction, or this, or that, or the other, and and we've come all the way from that to now. We're all the way on the other end of the spectrum, where we we uh, we want to lift up and say that who you are attracted to is your identity. It is not. Jesus never married. He probably had lots of women that would have liked to have been his girlfriend or his fiance, but he did not choose a wife. He didn't define himself by those kinds of things, and we ought not to either. We also would like to sometimes try to break people up into categories and say, we would define someone by whether they are a citizen of the United States or whether they are an immigrant of the United States. But we shouldn't divide each other that way either. Christians must learn to value citizenship in the kingdom of God above all else. 10,000 years from now, you're not going to care that you are an American citizen And that that person was not. It won't matter. Jesus came and he said, my kingdom is not of this world. Not of this world. We divide ourselves today by whether someone is rich or whether someone is poor. You know, as I put this slide together, I I was looking for a picture that would um, show the, the designation between rich and poor. And I started to put the headings over which one was rich and which one was poor, and then it just struck me. It's like, well, which one of them is rich and which one of them is poor? We would look at them and we would probably say the guy in the suit with the briefcase is rich and the guy in the shabby clothes is poor because we have our own little designations, our things, that ways that we divide people. Why? We need to ref- Maybe we need to redefine the way we look at things. Because when you read in, in books like the letter of James, he talks about the rich and the poor, and God doesn't define the rich and the poor the way we do. He said a lot of times someone who is rich in the things of this world is poor in their spirit, and those who are poor in their spirit are rich in faith, and we have to get grow to a place where when we look at a picture like that, we don't automatically assume that one of those persons is rich and one of those persons is poor. We should see people the way God sees them. That's what I'm hoping to get to one day. Maybe you too. And I tend to vote Republican. I consider myself to be conservative on most issues. But I need to be very clear. Jesus does not care If you are a Democrat or a Republican, Jesus does not care if you're a Democrat or a Republican. He's not happy with you if you are, you know, talking about how evil those Democrats are or those Republicans are. He is not happy about that. Because he doesn't care. He says, My kingdom is not of this world. He was not a Pharisee or a Sadducee. He didn't pick. And if Jesus was here today, I think he would rebuke both parties. And I believe that Jesus would also rebuke anyone who is elevating a political party as God's favorite. That is not the way of Christ. When we do that, we're just following the pattern of the world. And the devil is laughing. And God is crying. And don't separate people into generations. Don't discount people it's in a different generation than you. I know it it's hard because you look at some people sometimes either because they're older than you or they're younger than you and you think, I just don't understand why they think or do the way they do. But young people have so much to learn from older people. And older people have so much to learn from younger people. But instead, we want to dismiss each other. Say, oh, it's just because you're you're in a different generation. You need to know how the way we think and the way we do. Well, maybe you need to learn, maybe we need to learn how other people think. Maybe we need to respect each other. Maybe we need to quit defining each other by being in one generation or another. Because Galatians 3.29 says, now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham now that you belong to who Christ that's the def- that's the defining thing and if you if Jesus is truly your lord then God loves all as his own children God loves you as his son or a daughter if you follow Christ. God loves your neighbor just as much as he loves you. You are incredibly special and treasured by God. But you're also no more special than anyone else. And so we have to discard our broken ideas about favoritism so that we're not like the Jews who were running around in Jesus' day thinking, God loves us more than everyone else. Lord, when are you going to restore Israel among the nations? Jesus says, don't worry about that. And we don't want to be like the Romans in Jesus' day who went out through all the world subjugating everyone else and forcing them to pay tribute to Rome because they were the greatest. And Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. None of us, none of us deserves God's love. The fact is, God saves us and accepts us and loves us, and it's a miracle. It's a miracle. Not anything that we can do to earn it or deserve it. Which means we're no better than anyone else. Let us define ourselves the way God defines us and not by the evil, broken categories of a broken and fallen world. Christians practice equality because we are all created in the image of God. We are all equal in God's eyes. In the kingdom of God, there is no Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, black or white, gay or straight or other. American or foreign, rich or poor, Republican or Democrat, young or old. And the list goes on and on and on. We are all one in Christ. If you believe that, say amen. And then let's go practice it.